Welcome to It's a Fit Life Creation podcast with me, Katrina Julia. I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur and a transformation coach. Jumpstart transformation to time to transform, to boss brand, to money maker, to inspiring with influence and more. So let's create. And I lost over 55 pounds four years ago with the help of Herbalife Nutrition, Meal Bags, Team Edge, NASA, a certified public accountant. I've served in over eight industries, generating others over seven to nine figure results consistently while having my own money in chaos to create a life and a business I love. It's about the passion, the purpose, the people, and the profits to create a life and a business you love. Tune in to the stories and the journey as we create It's a Fit Life Creation. on Believe Your Way to Badass with Celeste. I'm going to let her pronounce her name later on (laughs) so I don't butcher it. I think it's Rain's Turk, correct? Yep. Awesome. Yay. (laughs) So we first connected via Team Edge through Ingrid and Joe. Ingrid and Joe are so amazing. They've created such a sisterhood, such a community, such boss babes. And when I was competing last year, we connected via an Instagram group, and I just really, really resonated with her. She's an entrepreneur. She's a coach. She's a best-selling author of Believe Your Way to Badass, hence the title. <laughs> she is an NPC bikini competitor. She's incredibly driven, self-motivated, abundant, aligned. She's gone through massive transformations herself. She's a podcast host with Confessions of a Bikini Pro. She's been featured on Thrive and countless other publications and podcasts. Welcome, Celeste. Thank you so much. My cheeks are hurting. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. I love it. And I love that you're on a mission to help others start building more than just a body and confidence and mindset and wellness and so much more. So what like what are what's something you want to share from the jump with the community? Mm. I think right off the bat, like the reason I say I want to help people build more than just a body and what that really means, it's all about aligning inner work with a physical result. So whether you're a bikini competitor who is struggling with their relationship with food or their body, not feeling ready, not feeling like um, they are able to eat without feeling guilty, always having all these different cravings, maybe it's just a 
you know, a day-to-day woman who is maybe an entrepreneur as well, but she's been following a plan and yet she can't seem to reap the results she wants or she still doesn't feel as good in her skin as she'd like. And that's where the inner work really comes into play. And I believe that, you know, without the inner work, without self-love, mindset, confidence, behavior change, wellness development, a healthy relationship with food, without all these different factors, we can't really fully celebrate and embrace and experience the results we've created on a physical level, nor can we actually create the most awesome physical results without the inner work. So that's why I'm on that mission. That's what that mission means. I absolutely love that. And I definitely, you know, from the beginning when we connected in the group and all your posts and like your book now, that's definitely an alignment. And I got that from you right away. So that resonates, you're welcome, and radiates. And then I can personally attest to that too, you know, from an aspect of for years I yo-yoed with health and with weight and with self-love because Mm -hmm. I was trying to consistently, like many women and many people, make it about the external. So it's like, oh, let me grab this quick fix. Let me grab this quick fix. Until for me, like the trigger points, there were several trigger points. It was finally stabilizing when I moved to Atlanta, starting to do a lot of inner work, getting you know more in alignment with love, with our creator, with how I wanted to show up as a woman. Then with Herbalife Nutrition and the community and really focusing on unconditional love and then deciding to revive a dream that I had since high school, which was to compete and inspire women through fitness. And that's how I found Team Edge because Ingrid and Joe radiate all of that. And you're exactly right. Until I align from the inside out, the results never stuck. And then once I did, like now the results have been consistent for over five years. So Mm. that's awesome. And I love like how you tied that together because you are, or, you know, we are truly wanting to build more than just a body. It's the inside out. Yeah. I mean, that's really where it starts, right? That's the root. Sometimes it just takes the peeling back of the layers to see that's what we really wanted all along. I know for me, when I first started, it was, I looked in the mirror and I was unhappy. And now it's like, okay, I I committed to a plan. I committed to really getting started and um, doing crazy workouts and, you know, ended up developing an unhealthy relationship with food and all these things manifested from chasing a physical result. I'm grateful for all of it because it led me to my mission now. But of course, that was tough. And I don't think anybody else needs to or should have to go through that. And yet it's so common, right? Especially in an industry that's focuses on an external look and maybe even rewards an external look or who has the best, right? And so we have to then find that, I I like the word peace, it just resonates with me and I think a lot of people, but it's like, we have to really find that peace with ourselves and the journey we're on because it doesn't really matter what your approach is, it just matters how you feel about the approach. And I think that, you know, if we're only focused on the external, we, we actually miss that part of the journey. No, absolutely. And it reminds me of pieces in your book, like when you talked about how, you know, the ways that you talk to yourself or like when you were in volleyball and then later like feeling that resistance to shift from volleyball into fitness and into coaching, but what that meant for you as a woman and what that meant for you with your community – And that what that meant 
you know, for what you wanted to pursue, right? Like there was an evolution from point A to competing. Yeah. And it's a grieving process sometimes, right? When we are shedding these old, you're like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'll tell you more, but keep going. (laughs) Yes. You know how it is when you're shedding old identities or pieces of you that no longer serve you or things in your life, people, jobs, work, anything. It could be something you really, really loved and felt good about and, you know, taught you so much, but there may come a point where it doesn't move you forward anymore or it doesn't speak to you the way it once did. In which case there is a grieving process because even though we don't necessarily have a part of us die, but we lay to rest a part of us that's no longer active. Like as you were sharing that, I swear to God, I literally just had chills <laughs> run up and down my arms, like with the alignment and the resonance. Because I love that. Right, like a lot of it can be painful You know, the mindset stuff, the old stories, the old truths, the, you know, the thoughts that were of lack, the thoughts that were of scarcity, the thoughts that were of, you know, individualism, the thoughts that were of the external materialism. I mean, take your pick as I walk through my own transformation, you know, in health, wealth and business community, the same thing. And what I started reframing, you know, from a sense of empowerment was how can I turn pain into purpose? How can I relate to more people? How can I help more people through something I just walk through? And exactly to your point, like I think back even on a physical journey, I always trained with trainers, you know, from high school, but I wasn't willing to rewrite the stories about food yet. So of course my results only got to a certain point. And then in college, mm-hmm. I wasn't willing to give up alcohol back then. Now I've been alcohol free five years and it feels like I never drank. Like it's crazy. Wow. Then, then I think back, I started doing different things to give back, like with team and training for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. But again, Mm. there were certain things I wasn't willing to let go of. But then when my best friend passed away from cancer in 2013, it created like a huge, like what I call impact moments. Like we Mm. all have different moments where like they're triggers or really cause us to wake up. And I was like, you know, one, I just lost a best friend that we started and created nonprofits together. We traveled the world together, started businesses together, like a sister. Two, I started to really look in the mirror because you really start to realize one, you know, Brendan Bouchard talks about this a lot, mortality motivation. And I started to realize like, yes, you know, there's been a lot that's happened in this life. Yes, I've done a lot and I'm proud of myself, but how much have I held myself back from, from fear, fear of judgment, Mm. fear of people's opinions, fear of whatever. And I was like, you know what? I know this is going to be hard as hell to your point. I know there's tons of layers, tons of issues. I joke and I say, I've got more issues than the Houston Chronicle. I think we all do. (laughs) You know, there's like layers, right? Like you talked about. But but I don't care. I'm willing to fight for that freedom to be who I'm created to be. And you're right. There's a grieving process all along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And I like what you said about, you know, you, you have to be willing as well to go through that. And there has to be a conscious choice to do that. And hearing you talk about your journey, it's very obvious and apparent to me that there were like you said, impact moments, but within those moments, there was a choice by you 
to do something. You know, that's something that not everybody capitalizes on or maybe takes it to another direction. You could have decided that that was the day you were going to drink alcohol every day. You know what I mean? So things can really, really go in different directions. And um, the more that we focus on our values, what matters to us, who we want to be, right, then the more likely we are to have a lot of those impact moments go in a positive direction. And that's what's happened with you. I think I can say the same thing. That's what's happened with me. And then also from that you know, psychological standpoint of when those things happen to us, if we're already like got our foot in the door with an idea, right, then we have that um, more, there's more likelihood that we'll be convinced um, to go further with it, you know, open the door all the way. So maybe um, you had your foot in the door about, you know, personal development or something. And then one day something shifted and all of a sudden it was like, Let's open it all the way and I have to go fully all in on this. And now everything that happens, you're likely learning from it in a positive way. No, I love how you frame that. And absolutely, like awareness is so key. And also the choice of saying, okay, am I going to be a victim? You know, because that's literally what you were alluding to. Like, oh, I could have made yeah. the choice to drink every day, right? And yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Or um, it's making that choice to be a victim or a victor. You know, it's a clear delineation of, you know, the road less traveled. And, you know, as we know, not everyone makes the more empowering choice. And then it goes to, and I love that you talked about values because I started getting really clear on what my truths were and then Mm -hmm. constantly revisiting them and adding or taking away or shifting, you know, just being very clear on the alignment. And then also being clear on like the overarching, you know, values. And I'm sure you have some, like I really got clear on that, especially like this year and last year, like love and faith, no matter what, meaning even if someone is rude, you know, unappreciative, disrespectful 10 years ago, I would have returned, you know, not so good for not so good. But now Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to be nice. I'm going to value myself. Maybe respond with silence, maybe walk away. If there's something that needs to be said, I'll set it, but I'll do it from a respectful space. Then Mm -hmm. also thinking about one of my mentors, Garen Jones, did a live the other day about, you know, the resistance. And then, like you said, the choice to your values and your truth. And for me, like I realized maybe four or five years ago, that was to create, that was to transform, that was to inspire So then I'm constantly asking like, okay, what choice is going to align to who I say I am? Yes, exactly. And the beautiful thing about creating values and really why I think everybody should do it. um, Obviously, like I know you had read my book and alignment is one of those key principles. That's one of my favorite words is alignment. Right? (laughs) It's great. It's a great way to live life. And that's just like now kind of branching off of that. Well, why is it important to have values to align with or goals to align with. And, um, you know, it's interesting because when we create values or we create parts of our identity, we're actually opening up scary opportunities where if we do something out of alignment with that, we may be faced with some things like cognitive dissonance. We may be faced with things like trying to change who we are where the cognitive dissonance will create us either okay let's change who we are so it fits this or let's justify it um and that can that can be really challenging but having values 
also creates a level of freedom that only having values can create. And that is knowing exactly what direction you're heading all the time or which direction to head based on where you're going. Right. So it's like if one of your values is freedom, then you can always create a check in with yourself when you're doing something. Is this creating more freedom in my life? Mm, Nope, it's not. I'm not going to take this job. I'm not going to work for this person. I'm not going to stand for this relationship anymore. I don't feel free. I can't be who I want to be. And that's where we draw a line in the sand. And to kind of create an even more specific example, if you're a bikini competitor or you're just a fitness professional or anything of that nature, you're trying to get fit. And in your mind, you create this story or this um, commitment, this value that I only eat healthy foods. Well, as soon as you have an Oreo, of course, you're going to feel bad about it because you probably don't identify it as a healthy food. So again, values, identities, these can create two different worlds, we have to be willing to see that there's more benefit to having them than non-benefit, right? Than pain. And that if there is pain, it's there to teach us something. So we might as well have the values because we'll come out with a lot more lessons anyway. So well said on so many angles. I was just taking notes. So a couple of things that you brought up. So one is the vulnerability, right? Because when you start stepping out of society, culture, norms, out of the people that have known you for X amount of years and they've put you in this box, right? And you, that you're stepping out of that box. And so not only are you creating that cognitive dissonance within yourself, but now you're bringing up around people all around you (laughs) that are like, what the hell? I thought I knew you and I don't. Oh, good point. And so, because to your point, I recognize like my friends, the community that I had maybe five, 10 years ago, you know, and it's not to say anyone is a bad person or a good person, but they were very different. And when I started to shift, there was a lot of things that came up and I started to realize that, wait a minute, what's coming up for them has nothing to do with me. Other than I'm changing, so it's creating like different things in their brain for their own life. And sometimes they Mm -hmm. want to project or they want to keep you in that box. So it takes a lot of mental and spiritual strength to like say, no, like this is for me. And whether you come with me or not, or whether you understand or not. And of course, people that become entrepreneurs, you know, that's a lot of reasons why they quit because they can't handle that these people are no longer supporting them, but not realizing like, wait a minute, you're creating space for a different community, for a different tribe. Then the other thing you brought up is like the courage, right? And recognizing things. And you made me think about Brene Brown. Have you read of some of her books? Okay. I'm going to tell a funny story real quick. When I was running Facebook ads one time, (laughs) I had this guy running it for me and he's like, uh, Brene Brown's audience seems to really like you. And I was like, oh, really? Like, who is that? So <laughs> I never really looked into it because I didn't want my own, you know, thing to get skewed. Yeah, and then I watched her Netflix You're totally special. different, but keep going. And then I watched her Netflix special and I was like, ah, I see why. <laughs> yes, it's exactly because I read like two or three of her books like years ago. And then recently, because I always look for personal development stuff. And so I recently watched her call to courage, exactly what you're talking about. And so I can see why her audience resonated because the way you speak, 
like is very empowering. You can tell that you're very clear and aware on the layers. And that's where like she comes into play. But as far as you being in fitness and like fitness, she's, you know, as far as building more than a body and like your demographic, totally different. Very different. Very yeah. different. She's married. I think it's- she's got babies, like very different. Mm-hmm. I think it's really all about mixing factual evidence, evidence that really matters, things that are proven, things that we can see, and tangible evidence with the real life story, mm-hmm. the, the the things that people can relate to and connect to and use for transformation. And like you said, vulnerability, courage, all these things are a huge part of it. And in relation to what you were saying about people leaving your life or not being part of it anymore. This was hard for me, but I can't say that it was massive because I remember being already done and already disconnected. And I think there's a point where you are so disconnected that you're only holding on because you're afraid of what actually will come into that space once you fully open it up. And like you said, creating space for more people to come in. Like if you're holding on to old friendships or old people or relationships that were hurting you and holding you back, that is a comfortable space. Your brain actually wants you to do that. And it makes you feel really good because it's comfortable and because you don't have to change anything. But then, of course, when things change, the amygdala is like, how dare you? This is the worst thing you could possibly do to me. Like, are you trying to kill us? And then all of a sudden, things get really good. You turn into a butterfly and life's sweet. And then the brain's like, all right, new comfort level, you know? And then there's an upper limit and an upper limit and an upper, upper limit. (laughs) So I love so much of what you just said. So a couple of things. Um, You talked about being comfortable. So one of the things I always say, I'm like, okay, it's like picture a baby sitting in a shitty ass diaper. And they're like, goo goo gaga, goo goo gaga. Now there's shit all over them. And everybody always laughs. I'm like, but that's how we are as adults when we refuse to leave the comfort zone. That is so good. I love that example. Because it's a clear visual. Like the baby so just funny. sitting there and you're like, dude, I want to change your diaper. And the baby starts crying. No. Yeah. That's so, and then the other thing you raised was the unknown. And so literally what you're talking about is the fear of the unknown, right? Like when I was in corporate, I knew there, like I knew what the daily looked like. I knew what the, you know, uh, the paycheck looked like. I knew that I could raise to a different level, but I knew like the stability was there, even though it's not really stable because anyone can let you go at any time for a multitude of reasons. And you don't have control over that, Right. Then I love that you use butterfly because butterfly is my spirit animal. Like that's always <laughs> the way that I know I'm on the right track. Like literally yesterday, I I've saw seen that I live, in your branding. Yes. I live on the sixth floor and I saw a butterfly way up here and I was like, thank you, God. I received that. That's awesome. So like the mm-hmm. alignment and then like that's, I mean, you think about like the cocoon, you think about the painful process and then this beautiful butterfly and getting reframing those stories to really think about like, you know what, instead of being afraid of the unknown, I'm going to approach every day as a new and exciting adventure where yes, I may know that I'm going to do this, this, or this, 
but I'm also going to be open to one, two, three, A, B, C and create spaces for things to surprise me. And then the last thing that I resonated with massively, which you were talking about, and I think many people tuning in will, is freedom. So the freedom alignment. So funny thing, my word for 2019, I don't know if you've read one word. No, but I've had a word before. Okay. So I've been doing (laughs) words every year now for the last four years. And it's amazing Mm -hmm. what happens in every area of my life now, every year. I mean, not that it didn't before. But it aligns to that word. And this year, my word is freedom. Last year, my word was faith. And of course, I took massive leaps of faith in every direction, clearly. But then I realized through that word and through last year's experience, I said, wait a minute. There's ways that I'm still boxing myself in. There's ways that I'm not pushing the envelope to get out of the cocoon. That Mm. yes, I have time freedom. Yes, I've got location freedom, but I'm not playing full out in the avenue of community and financial freedom or making a decision sometimes to show up in a gym outfit versus being dressed up and feeling free to do that. Mm. So, so So interesting. So no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's interesting that you say that too, because like when... When you think of like the butterfly example, right? Like a caterpillar actually has to choose. Like it's just part of its wiring, right? Like it naturally up levels. It naturally steps into a new identity. And the same thing is true of humans. It just looks very different, right? We go through different phases of life where our brain changes, our body changes, things change. And so I think no matter what, it's it's important to for some people to go, oh, this is so hard. No, let's shift our perspective and look at it like this is natural. This is a natural progression. This is something that is not something I need to do or have to do. It's something I'm meant to do. Something that's going to happen regardless of if I choose it or not. Now, how it unfolds is very much so up to me. How I see it is very much so up to me. And then even back to your point about not just the, you know, the unknown, but also choosing a word, choosing things to keep you in focus, and then identifying what areas of your life need to be up-leveled. And literally writing it down, looking at your life from every area that I think, you know, sometimes we get caught up in like a very specific process or system. And of course, as you know, I share one in the book of like, go through these areas of your life. But I think that if we look at it from, well, what areas of life do I live through? What areas of life are important to me or for me living at all, right? Because we can't, we cannot have certain success without others, right? We can't have financial wealth without physical wealth. You can have financial wealth and be the wealthiest man in the world, but if you need help getting it into or out of a car, that might be very different. So I, I, I personally think in order to get that full experience, it's important to identify those areas in your life, like you said, and then where can I up level in them? Where can I make changes? Where can I add more faith? Where can I jump a little bit more? Where where am I holding myself back? Like you said, and that was definitely a big part of my journey. It was looking at the areas of my life that I wasn't showing up for myself or I was lying to myself, telling myself stories like you can't quit your job. You can't um, go to school and prep and work other jobs. You can't do all these things or you can't be this way. You can't sell these things or talk to these people. It's like, what the hell? Most of the times I always believed in myself. I will say that. But, you know, it is very important to understand that the stories we tell ourselves can be rewritten, torn out and started again. No, I love, I love how you 
turn that also to share more of your story and like the journey, which we're definitely going to get into next. And then also, I love how you talked about the financial component because I can definitely relate to that. And I think many women and many people can that for years I allowed the external because like in your case, you know, you went to school, you decided very early on. And, you know, of course, we live in a very different world now than we did 20 years ago that you saw all this social media, you saw all these digital aspects, you saw all these possibilities and you were like, well, wait a minute, I can do this. And it's not to say I couldn't have done it 20 years ago, but the environment was different and the conditioning was very much, you go to school, you get a degree, you go work for a company, right? And so I did all that. I've always loved to learn. And in going through in college, I can say I absolutely did like exactly what you're talking about. Let me work here. Let me go to school. Let me do this. Let me do that. I can do it all. I can do this nonprofit. I can do it all. So I Mm -hmm. literally had that experience then. And I think all of us at some point have had a period of life or a period where we do relate to what we truly want and who we truly are. Then I allowed the world, the conditioning, the external, the pressure to say, no, focus on money, focus on status, focus on recognition which is the polar opposite of me at my core. I care Mm -hmm. about creating. I care about impact. I care about inspiration, which yes, you can get money and status and recognition out of that, but that's secondary. Yeah. So it's like the value system was split. And I love that you said like you always believed in yourself because I can definitely relate to that, but I can, you know, tell also you experienced, you know, just from reading your book, and talking to you, there was periods where you experienced instability that took you in like, it's like those extremes where you believe to a large degree, but then there's periods where you would go, I would imagine in the past, where you don't believe or you're very down on yourself. And, but then it gives you this beautiful perspective to relate to so many people. So talk about mm-hmm. some, of them, some about that. And like your transformation and your own past and your family, like whatever relates to that. Yeah, you know, what you said about the conditioning and the environment is a big deal. And I think that starts in the home. Um, And there's plenty of research to back that as well. But, you know, it's like when you look at the way you grow up and the things that you're taught by who's bringing you up um that can that can and will play a huge role in how you live your life and the way you see life and I know for me I live with two parents who both were self-employed and so I grew up thinking that's definitely possible you know I have this amazing life they've provided and they're self-employed and they told me you know they also always preach to do what you love and it's better if you can do what you love and make a living off of it Right. And I was like, well, that's awesome. That's all I want to do. And I committed to that. And I never, ever, ever did work that I didn't love. I can say that a hundred percent for sure. And, um, I, I did a lot of different things obviously, but what really, I guess changed for me was that I never wavered from my belief, right? I didn't waver when I set something in my mind, that's it. And I don't think this is just for certain people or you have to be born with that trait. I definitely think it can be a choice straight away. But what I do think is, you know, by not wavering, by being so clear through those tough times, through my depression, through my anxiety, 
through wanting to kill myself, through having an unhealthy relationship with food, through feeling like my body was never good enough, all these different things, I was able to find that freedom, to find that peace of mind because I was committed to myself. And I did believe in myself always from, but again, I think that goes back to environment. I was told growing up, I was a leader. Um, I was someone who was smart, intelligent. I'm fun. I'm a good friend. All these things that you're told growing up or you believe about yourself um, and continue to choose to believe about yourself are important. And there were times where I thought I can't live up to the expectation. I can't live up to my own expectation. I'm, I'm actually not as good as I thought I could be. What if I let these people down? And when I stepped out of all of it and again, connected back to like, what is my purpose? Once I found my purpose, it was never about the money. It, when I look back at when I wanted to start my own business, I was 18 years old, straight out of high school. And I wanted to start my business to change the industry and give people what fitness gave me. And then I wasn't thinking about how much I could make. I just knew I could do that and make a living and be fine. I didn't know how, but the how doesn't matter. And then moving forward from there, it was like, okay, now I'm you know in a bikini competition and come out of that bikini competition, have a horrible rebound, and all my relationship with food problems are revealed to me. Everything I've been going through these past couple of years is staring me in the face, and I have nothing left to do but shine a light on it and literally go into it and face it. And so that's what I had to do. And then after that, it was like, okay, well, um, I have to love myself more. And I wasn't introduced to the personal development world yet. I didn't have any idea who anybody was. I didn't know there was such a thing as you could literally say I am over and over again and be better. Um, I just lived my life and just believed in me. And then I started loving myself a lot more. I knew that's what I needed to do. Started eating intuitively. I knew that's what I needed to do. I let go of the patterns that weren't working. I was like, okay, if these things aren't working, if they're causing me pain, then I can change them. And I need to do something completely opposite. I need to shock my system and (laughs) know that there's multiple ways to get to a result. And that's I did. That helped me to, of course, make peace with myself. And then from there, I realized all of this, all of this is perspective. You can be someone who eats really healthy, um, measures all your food, weighs things out to the gram, and sees it as no problem. You can be someone who weighs all your food, measures it to the gram, and do it because you seriously don't want to lose control of one gram of food. So there's very different perspectives, but it can be the same person or different people living the same lifestyle, I should say, with completely different motives. And for me, it was about identifying what was my motive going to be? Why was I doing all of this? Why was I why did I even want to compete? Why do I want to compete now? Why did I want to get back into it? Why did I want to start a business? What do I want to do with my business now? And I noticed every good thing I've ever done has come from that place of no expectation, just love and the desire to transform, whether that's myself or the world or someone else's life or facilitating transformation. Those are where the best things have ever been created. Mm -hmm. No, I love so many things about what you were saying from the aspects of starting first, I guess, just taking it back to where you started, that you saw two examples of them doing what they loved and making money doing what they loved. So you saw stability 
with self-employment, which a lot mm-hmm. of us, as you know, in the current you know shift to entrepreneurship that's massively happening, you know, there's estimates of like in, huge increasing percentages by 2030. Many of us, including myself, did not have that. Or if we did, there was a lot of things associated with, you know, like for example, my parents immigrated from overseas. I was in four countries by the time I was two. My mom was college educated, um, but when she came, she didn't speak English at first. So it took a couple years for her to work in pharmacy and tech and different things. My dad tried entrepreneurship, but also like many cultures, you know, coming to a whole different country, he's extremely intelligent, extremely bright, but he had a very hard time relating to people, trusting people, Mm -hmm. understanding people and being open, like exactly what you talked about, personal development and realizing like, well, wait a minute, I can change this or I can empower myself to change this as opposed to being very just simply practical of, oh, this isn't working. And then as kids, we saw a lot of, you know, choices around money, doing things maybe they didn't love to sacrifice for, you know, us, for the family. And then the things that we did see with entrepreneurship wasn't around what they loved or didn't look like a pleasant experience, so to speak. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of shifts that I got to walk through. So right away when you were talking about that, I'm like, oh my God, like, you remind me of so many children I know now that are surrounded by self-employed parents, whether it's people I know, you know, through Herbalife Nutrition in the digital marketing space. I mean, whatever it is that they're entrepreneurs and they have kids that they're surrounded now by exactly what you were surrounded by. So that makes so much sense. And then I love how you talked about with like your depression with your anxiety, with, you know, your attempted suicide, and then realizing, and you talked about that a lot in the book. So, you know, one, I honor you and amazing on your vulnerability and sharing that, you know, obviously with the intention to help someone else, like that was very Mm -hmm. clear. Um, Thank you. Absolutely. And then realizing, and you even said this in the book that you realized you were like, I have a choice. I'm choosing to have these thoughts. I'm choosing to be in this state. And in that same vein, I have a choice to make a better choice. Yep, exactly. And also seeing it from, you know, you may be going through a struggle, but don't perpetuate it. Feel it. Feel the emotions. Learn from them. But don't turn on the sad music. Don't don't pout in your room. Don't go and say nobody likes me and I suck. You know, like that doesn't help. You know, if you're struggling, it's okay to go against the struggle. And you know, even like in an environment with um, parents who live that lifestyle, right? There's still going to be beliefs that have to be crushed, right? Things that we saw or heard or did that are going to impact us. And um, getting into the personal development world was something that helped me to do that. And then I think, as you could probably attest to, like growing up, our childhood plays that huge role. And there are things we have to almost go back to and really heal absolutely. Um, and move through to become who we really want to become. No, absolutely. And um, to mean, to that point, like there was a period of time, you know, a couple of years ago where I realized like so many beliefs I had chosen to believe, like stories like, oh, my dad's always working. I'm not worthy of his time unless I perform. And I, re- yeah. you know, and so I realized like, you know, now you talked about the brain and the amygdala and I so wish I could have taken a picture of my brain like in childhood 
than like <laughs> 10 years ago than now because I know my neural pathways are like totally different. Like totally. Like you feel mm -hmm. it. And then I went through also as a period of that transformation, one of the things I did, have you heard of EMDR? Uh-uh. So it's electromagnetic dissonance resonance. And I went through it. I made a decision to go through it, not just because of those past stories, but also because of the abusive relationship I went through, that I knew there was a lot of healing that needed to happen there to really open myself up fully as a woman for my future marriage that I want, all of that. And what it is, is you literally, it's like you close your eyes and it's like almost like a combination of tapping with having your eyes closed and going back to certain traumatic experiences in your life to literally, mm -hmm. and it's crazy. Like there's so much research on it. And I learned about it through, it's funny how you talked about Brene Brown because I learned about it through Shailene Johnson because somebody compared me. Natalie Min compared me to a Shailene Johnson. I was like, oh my God, I totally received that once I knew who she was. I'm like, that's such a great compliment. Mm -hmm. um, and so I learned about it through her because I was in her program a couple years ago. And there's moments, Celeste, where you literally feel like you're back in that moment. And then the mm -hmm. clearing that happens after was crazy. So I mean, exactly to your point, there was a lot of work. And then I love how you talked about now, then how. And you just mm -hmm. were alluded to that because you're like, no, what am I going to do now? Don't worry about the how. Right. And that goes back to the fear of the unknown and the, and the choice to realize like, okay, I have to shine a light on this. And I have to not only go back to the past, maybe for a brief period or clear some stuff, but then I get to then go forward and go against the resistance to create a new future, to create a new reality even mm -hmm. though the circumstance may not feel so good right now. Yep, exactly, exactly. And that was always really hard for me is like, well, I'm not happy right now, so I, it's really hard for me to choose to be happy. And I'm not going to deny that. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, it's just a choice and it's so easy and anybody can do it. It's not like that at all. And I think that's actually a really common misconception too within the industry. It's like, well, you can just – stop feeling bad it's like okay well if I could do that then I'd never have been sad in the first place or I would never have been upset or not feeling enough or whatever the problem may be and I think that again goes back to okay like feel the emotions learn from them and do something about it based on what you've learned and don't don't beat yourself up for all, for feeling bad like that makes it even worse right so I, I think, yeah, you know, we have a choice always, but to make a choice that feels good, I think it's important to first learn from whatever we're going through right then. And that requires it to heal it, right? Feeling is healing. Absolutely. That's so cute. I'll be use that. Feeling is healing. <laughs> yeah. It's true. And it's funny that you say that it points to compassion. Because how you talk about love yourself more, that was one of the things I got to walk through. Because like, for example... My mom is abundant with love, very expressive, always told us stuff. But then my dad was, you know, like what a lot of cultures or a lot of males have been, you know, kind of in a sense conditioned to be more quiet, more reserved, not as expressive. Or, or if they did say stuff, sometimes it was more critical. So part of it was me learning to be mm -hmm. nice to myself and to love myself and yep. say, wait a minute, like you said, I'm, I'm feeling this, I'm going to cry. And I'm going to think through, walk through, what am I learning from this? And then say, okay, 
what can I do right now or anyone listening? What can you do right now to at least shift yourself a step or three steps forward? And like Celeste said, it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, if that was the case, you'd turn on a light switch and be a whole new person in one day. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard as hell to like walk through the mental stuff, you know, and it's, also in one of the personal development things I was listening yesterday with Garen, he talked about, it's almost like when a, you know, a woman gets pregnant, right? There's a seed that's planted. Then there's a period where you're carrying the baby. Then the baby comes out with all this like blood and guts and stuff. And then the woman's healing herself for another several months after she had the baby and adjusting mm. to the baby and breastfeeding and all this stuff. It's kind of the same process. Like you talked about a butterfly, but a messier example that brings this beautiful baby is pregnancy. Yes, absolutely. That's such a great example. And understanding that it's, it's like, it's okay to get messy and, you know, we don't have to, I don't personally resonate when people say like everything in life has to be challenging if it's worth it, right? It doesn't have to be challenging, Mm -hmm. but there are certain things in life that are going to be challenging and you're going to face hardship and you're going to face struggle. Whatever that struggle is, whatever that hardship is, nobody knows until they're actually in it, right? It could be as simple as um, stubbing your toe, hitting your hip on the counter. And those things suck. They hurt. They're painful. But now I know you know, more about the dimensions of our kitchen or we know to be more aware and look up, right? So there's things like that that we're going to have to go through. And then understanding that throughout that messiness, there's so much joy. Absolutely. When you brought up the pregnancy example, it's like, I don't think that anybody was focused on the mess with the person cleaning it up. No. Right? They're focused on the baby, the miracle (laughs) of baby, the baby that's coming, knowing that, yeah, there's going to be this pain point. But that's not the focus. And I think if we take that perspective to everything, and to your point, the more aware you are, you're going to know what are going to probably be your biggest pain points. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. if there was something you struggled with over and over and over, whether it was a mindset, whether it was a behavior or both, because clearly usually it's both, you know, or you made something your all then you're going to know that's going to probably be really painful for your ego or whatever it is for you to let go of, you know, and for someone else, that same thing may be easy, but exactly to your point, it's reframing your mind to say, okay, I'm in this process, this beautiful journey of life. How can I approach today as easy? Even if something Mm -hmm. goes off, even something goes wrong, like whatever, like just be like, okay, cool. No problem. Like keep moving. And be like, well, how can I fix it right now as opposed to making it to this whole big affair or that we think it has to be difficult. And you talked about this in the book too, or we think we have to put in all this hard work or all these hours or all this whatever, again, conditioning and different things. So, so many, hundred percent. So you graduated early from high school. Speaking of the book, you competed within a year. You talked about your rebound earlier. Um, you immersed yourself in self-love and personal development, wrote a best-selling book in two weeks. So talk about those, because obviously speaking of fast and slow and easy and hard, <laughs> you made a decision at some point to say, okay, this is going to be easy. And then how your mindset continues to play a role in believing your way to badass. 
Yeah, it's so funny because when it all first started, none of it was hard or a problem or a challenge. It was just that was what I was doing. Like that, that was there anything else to do but that? No. So I didn't have any other options in my head. It was just like, all right, let's, let's go. Let's do this. So this is what's next. This is what's next after that. It was a nat- it was a very natural progression. I wouldn't say there were that it was like, okay, I have to sit down and write this book. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to write this book. I just had this idea. I'm going to write it all out. I have all the titles. I have everything. And I was writing another book at the same time, which became like an ebook before that book. But it was like, I didn't know which one was going to be which. And everything just happened so easily, to be very honest. And I didn't, you know, go, oh, this is going to be easy. I wasn't even telling myself any of that. You know, I wasn't necessarily doing that. I, I had obviously been journaling every day about how I'm a best-selling author, about how I'm an awesome coach. People love bringing me on their podcasts and stages and I connect with people on a deep level. Those were things I was writing about for sure. So of course my actions were going to be aligned with it. It was easier to take actions that were because that's who I saw myself as and that's how I was. But, you know, beyond that, it was it was really like, okay, well, not only am I uh, achieving all these things, what's going to happen next? After I wrote my book, it was like I became a best-selling author, but no angels come down from the clouds and start singing and <gasps> telling you how amazing you are and how there's so much that, you know, now you're going to accomplish and do and everyone wants to like bring you onto these things. Like it doesn't happen like that. So then what's the next step, right? And there were there were moments where it took a lot of getting the word out there, connecting with people to an event. That's how I started getting on other features and stuff. But the mindset of remaining and continuing to believe my way to badass every single day is the, the ultimate commitment of self-love. Self-love meaning... I'm going to honor myself so much that I don't stop when I'm on this pursuit of my goals, whether that's in business, fitness, life, relationships. It doesn't matter because I love myself enough to do what needs to be done to get there. And if I have a mission to fulfill as a soul on this planet, I have to take care of my body. If I have a mission to fulfill as a soul on this planet, I have to make sure my mindset's in the right place. Again, if I have that soul mission, there are steps that have to be done and taken to take care of that. So maintaining that believe your way to badass mentality goes back to really continuously choosing to go through those exercises again, rewriting your identity, noting what you don't love about yourself. Because to say self-love just all of a sudden clicks and you're fine, no, it's a conscious choice like anything else. You don't think people who go to the gym one time are going to just maintain a body forever it doesn't it doesn't happen like that you don't <laughs> I, I, I was like thinking anything. that the day I was like you know that'd be so nice but then we wouldn't have the daily discipline yep exactly and then same thing with like uh, like my relationship with food after when I had realized it was so bad it wasn't like oh, I realized it I'm free it was like oh my god now I have to face this every single day and I have to improve on it and grow but I'm worth it and I love myself enough to do that and go through that. And so really believing your way to badass is about making sure your identity and your beliefs about your identity and life align with where you want to go, your mission, your purpose, the things that you value in life, and then loving yourself enough to actually say yes to the things that get you there or to say no to the things that don't or to um, allow yourself to honor those goals 
taking whatever those means are that you need to take to get there, you know, without sacrificing some of those values. No, I love that you tied it into your identity and basically being, doing, and the motion and the flow. That every day, and, and that's definitely how I look at it, is every day is another chance to show up in every area of life, another day to move the needle forward towards, you know, like you said, the ultimate, you know, whatever your mission is on the planet, you know, clearly you're aligned to that. And it reminds me of when we were in Cuba on one of our retreats, one of the programs that I called, I always call different things like divine downloads and divine direction. Like you said, you got the idea for the book, you started writing, like you didn't think about it, yep. just go. Because you know it's something you're supposed to do. And one of them was how passion plus purpose equals profits. And just like how you talked about believe your way to badass, and that's definitely why I resonated with the book, with how passion plus purpose equals profits, I tell people this all the time. It's the foundation of how I got clear on myself, the brand, but also how I continuously get clear. Because it's not like I all of a sudden discovered, like how you talked about, it's not like I all of a sudden or we discover everything that you love or that all of a sudden you're like, okay, I know everything I love and I'm doing it every day and life is perfect. No. Like nope. there's a peeling process. There's new realizations. Oh, wait a minute. I used to love dance. Oh, wait a minute. I used to love this. Then like you talked about purpose earlier. It took, and you talked about clarity at the beginning of your book. It took so much work to take all the layers that I piled on, knowingly, unknowingly, you know, that I allowed the world to do to me, that I allowed other people to do to me, that I accepted them as beliefs, as truths of, no, I'm not going to make money doing things I don't love. No, I'm not going to work with people I don't feel like I'm friends with. Like this was one of my visions yeah. that every person I talk to in and, in and outside of my community in the business are going to be people I feel like I'm friends with. Like there was way too yep. much time I wasted, you know, so all this stuff. So purpose, I realized, oh, I had all these experiences and I had all these experiences with the complexity like many people do. So my purpose is to simplify health, wealth, and business. My purpose is to create, to transform, to inspire, to give back, you know, millions to billions to these causes. So then it becomes, but it took so much work to get to that clarity yep. and it's ongoing to say, what do you love? What have you overcome? How, how, what are your gifts, talents, and abilities? What do you want to learn? Where do you want to impact? Who do you want to impact? It doesn't just arrive. Like you said, I love that you said that it doesn't arrive like via angels that they're like, Oh, Celeste, you're a divine <laughs> being. Here is your book of your entire life path. Here is exactly where you go. Okay, like it doesn't, like it's daily and one action leads to something else. Yes, and we can't paint this pretty picture of that oh, as no. soon as you, you know, there's no, and I think that in marketing, it's done so much. And I, I prefer people who go against the grain and say, you know what? You're not going to drive a Ferrari tomorrow. And if you do, is it the right investment? Probably not. That's me. Right? But if you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, on one hand, we can't believe that everything in life is going to be a challenge and difficult because that's going to set us up for a lot of struggle. But what we can believe is that we are capable, resilient, and are able to move through anything that comes our way 
and always have a solution. That is a much more productive belief than telling yourselves over and over again, this is going to be hard. And the same thing goes with, you know, it's, it's a disservice to also tell ourselves it's going to be easy peasy. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out why I hate my body. I'm going to figure out why I always feel guilty after I eat certain foods and I'll be good to go. Everything's going to be good. No, you know what? I, I proved that to myself very recently. I'm going to tell you right now. It was September 2018. Did It was my fifth show of the year. Awesome time. Loved it. Amazing. I was done for the year and I needed to get my health back, my menstrual cycle back. And So you lose your I, period when you compete? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never oh, do. Yeah. I'm sorry. I picked up on that because I'm always like when people talk about it, I'm like, why not me? Oh my gosh. No, you're blessed. You're blessed. If you don't lose it, like I wish I would. Uh, that'll hopefully be me heading into the next season I as I've done the work. I never lose but... it. Like even on competition week, never. That's awesome. Anyway, that's awesome. Topic, put on. <laughs> Good for you. No, that's great. But all I was saying is like after that, it was like, okay, got to throw basic. Am I allowed to curse on here? Yes, girl, do your thing. Okay, so I was like, I got to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And then I was like, okay, well, uh, I gained weight a lot faster than I wanted, but it was for a good purpose. And then I was facing that battle in my head of, I'm a bikini competitor. I shouldn't do that. And, well, I'm a person who needs to get their period back in order to step on stage again, or else I can't step on stage again, because that was one of the deals that I made with my coach and Joe. Um, and then it was like, that's more important. But I remember after that show, I had some binge sessions. I had some fallouts with food. I had moments of guilt. And I was like, what the heck is happening? I thought I moved through all this. And it hit me. Oh, no, I haven't worked on this in so long. I've just been following a meal plan and feeling really good about it and loving that I'm on prep and, oh, everything's so good because I'm I'm just like following a plan. But as soon as it was like, okay, I got to do something completely different and get my system back up and running, it was like, oh, I need to go back to doing the work on this. And I did, but it led me again to an ultimate mission, a purpose, something bigger, something better, something I didn't consciously see this whole time. It's been right in front of me that build more than just a body. I could help bodybuilders, but you know, this is something that, <laughs> duh. Um, but this is definitely something that, you know, goes back to that point of conscious daily action. If you're not willing, like as a business owner, if you're not willing to put in work every day, or you're not even thinking about your business every day, probably not the business to be in, right? If you're a um, mother, you're probably always thinking about your kids. If you are a, you say a bachelor, right? A guy, a bachelor trying to make his life happen, going to the clubs, picking up girls, whatever. That's also his identity. And he's going to be thinking about that a lot. So whatever it is that we're choosing to do on a daily basis, it's going to run our life and it's going to be a massive part of it. So we better damn well love it and we better love ourselves and the person it's making us. Because if we can't love the person that we're becoming from committing to those things, what is the point? <laughs> so, so, so funny, a couple things. So one, I love how you tied it into basically what's the operating system, right? That's driving us. Yep. Because when I realized years ago is that I had my own operating system, but then I took it out and I let someone else put theirs in. 
you know, what uh, they thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then I had to take it back out and reprogram. So I think a lot of people massively relate and resonate to that. And it's going beyond. So it's almost like this time conundrum, right? It's not being stuck in the past, but learning from the past or clearing the past to become who you're created to be. It's being in the moment. It's being present. It's being conscious. It's being aware. It's being immersed and recognizing every moment, you know, as a miracle. But then it's also thinking about, okay, what future do I want to create? And is what I'm doing, being, acting upon, inserting in myself right now, does that show up with the future me, the future badass that I want to be? Yes or no. And when you- Like you said, wearing the workout clothing or wearing the business clothing or- If the bachelor really wants to be a dad and married someday, he has to stop at some point. He has to stop. You know, he might have a couple baby mamas when it's all said and done if he doesn't, which is, you know, what ends up (laughs) happening. (laughs) Just saying. And then people want to blame the world, but it's like, wait a minute, you're, you're, I mean, with anything, we're the ones that make the choice. You know, you want to keep eating whatever. Well, your body shows up as whatever. And if you have health problems five years, 10 years, 20 years from now, well, that doesn't just show up overnight. Same thing with business, same thing with money. It's, you know, same thing with relationships, with friends. And then what yep. you alluded to is, you know, it's, it's it's making the decision to lead a life by design. Because it's so funny. I'm literally recording a podcast on that after we talk. Life by design, not by default. Mm, yep. Because so many of us get caught up in, you know, the external, the scene, what is everyone else doing or what will they say if I don't do this? Yeah, which completely shuts off creativity and it completely, which of course, that's a big part of what you do. And it completely shuts down our ability to see what are we actually meant to do here? Like... Doing what everybody else is doing is subscribing to the norm. Yes, exactly. For those of you guys listening in, you can't see me, but I literally wrapped my head, my hands around my neck. But keep talking. (laughs) That definitely relates. Yeah, and and then killing yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I like what you said about design versus default. I think a lot of people live in a reactive state, and it's it's more important to be responsible. And when we live in that reactive state, it's like, okay, I woke up at the same time and I'm making coffee at the same time and I'm rushing to work at the same time and I'm putting on the same clothing and I'm having the same thoughts as soon as I hit my, you know, hit my head on the pillow at night. And it's like, well, that is something that has now become routine. You're not living your life anymore. You're living a life. There's no stimulation. There's no creativity and exactly what you said about creativity. For years, my creativity was stifled because of the lack that I allowed or the control that I allowed. And I think a lot of people are living in that out of fear. I have to pay my bills. I have to do this. I have to do that. Well, wait a minute. Do you have to have two or three cars? Wait a minute. Do you have to live in a 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 square foot home? Those are all choices that put you know, that we allow marketing different things to put us in a situation that ultimately takes away freedom. Mm -hmm. And then, yep. And knowing that whatever we're committing to, it's a big deal. You know, what we're committing to is a big deal. That's commitment. That is something that we are now um, basically 
responsible for on a very, very high level where we almost can't even come out of it. And um, it's interesting that you also bring up the point of, you know, there's certain things you can choose to have that are going to impact your lifestyle. And I also like to look at it like, you don't have to do what you love. I don't believe you have to do what you love. But if what you're doing allows you to do more of what you love, more power to you. But if it takes away from your time to do more of what you love, is it actually moving you to that goal, right? Is it actually in alignment with what you want your life to be like? You might decide that, you know what? I don't really care how I spend my working time. You know, I'll do whatever I need to do to be able to afford this and experience that. And you can be really, really happy, fully believe this. Even though work takes a lot of our time and if the environment's not good, that's, that's a different problem that can be addressed. But I don't think you have to do what you love in order to still have a great life. But I do think that in whatever you're doing throughout your life, there needs to be some sort of purpose behind it that aligns with, again, those values and understanding that you have to, you have to feel so good about what you're doing every day that you're willing to do it every day, forever, or at least for the period of time that it's serving you. Because if you don't feel good about it, again, it goes back to then you're not going to feel good about yourself. You're not going to feel good about your life. You're not going to feel good about every day. And then what does that create? More stories in our head that bring us back to stories that were conditioned in us. And then it turns a lot of people on to the marketing things that go on, right? Like, well, you can have this and you can do that. You can. You can. I really believe we can have all the homes, all the cars, all all the people. You can absolutely have it all. But is is it a byproduct and is it flowing or is it because of pleasing or trying to please someone else? Exactly. Do you really want it? Like I remember one time I went to this mastermind and everyone there was like, I want a private jet. I want cars. I want to have my own. I don't want to have like 10 vacation homes. I was like, um, I would be honestly happy. Like I could probably still find happiness. I know I could living on a box, living in a box. And I think that that was the distinction for me. I was in a room full of people who – thought that all their happiness was going to come from those external things. Again, they can bring a lot of happiness. The experiences are undoubtedly important. And I will always, always, yeah, absolutely. We can have all those things. But I was writing things down. Like I was like, oh, I'm supposed to want this. Okay. But it never felt right. It didn't feel like me. And then it was like, well, what do I actually want? And I think that as people, like you said, awareness is number one. Awareness is number one in any anything. Become aware of the situation, the problem, the success, the, the struggle. Become aware of whatever it is right now, this present moment, and decide, okay, now that I'm aware of what's going on and I can see what's happening, am I happy with it or not? If you are happy with it, cool. Keep doing you or find a new way to expand if you want to. If you're not happy with it, cool. (laughs) At least you know you're not happy with it and now you know that there's a solution to change things. And I think that when people step back and go, what do I actually want? What do I right here, right now actually want? And understanding there's definitely a distinction between a positive intuition cue and then a non-positive one, right? One that holds us back because it keeps us safe and one that actually is what we want. Mm -hmm. And I think the one that, you know, is what we want is if it was taken away from us, we'd be like, huh, I don't like that very much. I'd like if you'd give that back to me, right? If we think of it like if someone really took this part of our life away right now, how would we feel? We might go, wow, that's such a weight off my shoulders. Take it. I don't care. Or I'll find another one. Okay. Probably didn't like it that much. Or you know, whatever it might be. And just understanding that you, you can have what you want. 
You don't have to have what other people want you to want. I love like so many directions that you went with that because exactly your point, everyone has a different vision in life and Mm -hmm. they have a different vision and mission in life and what their purpose is. And some people, like you said, may do different things they don't love to get a lifestyle, to do different things. And they're perfectly happy with that. And they feel like, and maybe that job is their mission. And that's perfect. Like that's a lot of what I went through in my brain that I was like, and then when I was journaling, I thought about, okay, yes, I've done some cool things, whether it was Victoria's Secret, Apprentice, you know, oil and gas, whatever. But if my deep value and truth, which it is, is to help others transform and inspire and make an impact on their lives, that was only in the realm of business, which isn't a bad thing, but it wasn't all of me. So I had to realize that's why I felt the emptiness, right? Or the the piece is missing. Or if your value is time freedom or location freedom or financial freedom, where there's things that are not going to align. And when you feel frustrated, there's a back to Celeste point, the cognitive dissonance. And I love that you talked about not apologizing, like asking yourself what you want. Like that was a big thing I went through several years ago and not being afraid of it and saying, I can have it all. I can be the, you know, you can be the woman you're created to be or the man. You can have the passion and purpose. You can have the marriage. You can have, you know, being, doing what you love. If that's an alignment, you can have the time, location, financial freedom. Is it going to take a lot of inner and outer work? Absolutely. Yeah. And don't commit to the stories you tell yourself, like, um, this is too expensive. This is too much. This costs a lot. You know what I mean? It's like, what are you talking about? Like you invest energy into crappy things all day and people go, I have, I I work all day. I don't have time to do all these things. I'm like, you work all day. I'm like, do you even know? Like there's some people who literally are like nurses or doctors in surgery all day and on call. And then they still, yep. And they still make their way to do what they need to do. Take care of themselves and their family. Like there's no excuse. You're investing energy and time just as much as you're investing money. So if you have to pay money to improve your life, think of it more like you're investing time and energy. If you have to, if you really want to improve, you're going to find a way. And it's, it's just super important that for those people who are living a life less than what they want and they're not feeling amazing about themselves, right? They don't love themselves. They don't love their life. They, they don't feel good about themselves. Simplest thing is to invest, invest time, invest energy, and sometimes you invest money. And, you know, when you, when you are aware, you're going to find where that investment needs to be. And sometimes that even means taking time away from things, taking money away from things, taking energy away from things. I had people I was invested in deeply financially and had to let them go because they were different than I wanted them to be or expected them to be, I should say, or things change and I changed and my perspectives changed. And when those things happen, we have to be willing to change with them and face the music. And like you said, in your life, there's going to be things you want, values you want to fulfill. And if you can't say yes to the things that are going to help you get there, then you can't expect to get that result. Perfectly said. And I love how you pointed to and used one, you raised the limiting beliefs around money. I talk about that so much. 
you know, even though I'm a CPA, because of the stories I told myself, I had a different result for years personally and chaos versus what I generated for others, misalignment, different story. Yeah. And so I had to dig through that. So I relate and resonate with a lot of people with stories with money. And the fact that we're not equipped unless we are at home or in school or in different things, you know, to think about those things and to look at money as value, to look at money as time, to look at money as creating community. And I love that you use time as a report card because that's where I look at now all the time. Where is my time aligned to spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically? Am I in alignment with who I want to be? Like your, like your versions of success, you talked about your rating system. Then I look mm -hmm. at, because for me, like you talked about this, if I want to fulfill this ultimate mission and passion and purpose, I've got to be the best me I can be. So that first, mm -hmm. then looking into, okay, community, then looking into content and courses because then I'm operating from a full cup versus before yep. for years I used to operate at a depleted cup. So I know like, let me fill my cup up first. So this amazing conversation with Celeste is overflow. Exactly. It's not me mm -hmm. showing up broke down, busted and disgusted of, Oh, let me do this podcast. I'm so tired. Like, no, um, so with that being said too, how did, like you talked about this, like building more than just a body, then realizing part of your journey was to help other competitors deciding to launch your own podcast on confessions of a bikini pro, like talk about that and how those shifts happened and where that's headed. Yeah. So actually I launched my podcast in, it's almost its birthday, um, May 9th, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I launched it then and I was not serving bikini competitors at that point. I was just in prep on my own and I wanted to do something selfish and uh, success leaves clues. So I was like, I'm going to interview these people. <laughs> get all their pause secrets. for a moment, you guys, because listen to what she said. She was like, oh, let me start a podcast where I'm featuring people's <laughs> stories. Everyone loves to share their story and be heard. Hello, this is why I do this. Yep. You make friends and you're not paying for it. And you learn stuff. Keep going. Yeah, exactly. And then I was like, I just want, I remember I was on the treadmill and I was like, oh, I wonder if the pros ever struggle with this. Like, I wonder if they ever just like did what? ever struggle at all I was like why do I not know this why aren't they talking about it why do I only sometimes see it I was like I'm gonna make them talk but then I was like <laughs> I was like well, you see like you see like Amanda Latona or like whoever and you're like I wonder what goes through your brain or what your process yeah is. exactly exactly yep I thought about a lot of the girls that I look up to and follow and I was like but there's so much more to this and again, because my deep belief in building more than just a body, I knew that there's so much more than the surface level that's usually portrayed. So uh, and I have a deep respect and admiration for so many of the women, and I wanted to give them a platform. But when I started it, I like I said, I wasn't serving bikini competitors. So it wasn't out of a business desire. It wasn't to um, get all these listeners necessarily or get all these different results on a physical level. Right. I wasn't doing it for business. Um, I was literally doing it as a way to serve, um, a group of people that I really, really love. And that's bikini competitors. And then when it launched, 
in May. I remember it was then September. So like four months later, it was when I did my last show. And then I went through all those problems that I refaced. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't have a niche in my business. I didn't. I was serving women. That was really all that I was clear about. Women who wanted to love themselves more and could do so through the physical body and the mindset. And I was like, but I don't have a niche that I feel like I have to work with these people. I love them so much. I want to hang out with them on the weekends. Like I'd invite them <laughs> over to my house. You know, I didn't have that yet. That's and a I was good like, benchmark. <laughs> right? So then I was like, okay, this, this is what I need to do. I need to help bikini competitors because I just struggled so much. And yet I pulled myself out of it like that, you know, because I've been through it before. I have all the tools. I developed more tools after going through that. And then a few months later from going through those struggles myself, I was like, I'm going to launch a beta test of a program and see how it goes. And it went phenomenal. And I got people incredible results, people who had finished their shows and came out of it. And now they actually have an understanding of their relationship with food. They love their body regardless of how it looks. And they were able to shift their perspective about their new goals. So their identity was more aligned with their new actions, right? They were no longer feeling as guilty or as sad or down on themselves for the actions they were taking because they knew that they had new goals. So it went really well. And I was like, I loved helping them. I loved working with them. I absolutely know this is my niche now. Oh, yeah, and I have a podcast that speaks to them every week. Wait a minute. I'm missing something here. And then it literally hit me. I was like, what have I been doing, you know? And that's when I realized, like, this all happened. It fell into place naturally because it was meant to. Nothing was forced, and I truly love this niche so much that it all made sense, you know? It just... I didn't have to think so much about it. It was like a light bulb moment of, wow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You were like, I'm just cruising. I'm just being Celeste. I'm creating value, but keep going. Yeah, I was happy. I was having fun. I knew that that was the niche I loved. I knew those people were who I wanted to serve. And from a business perspective, no one's doing that. And the people who say they are, are not. From all the girls I did target market research with, I interviewed over 30 competitors all currently competing some who had stepped away from competing every single one of them said that their coach tells them to just follow the plan or maybe it's not for them or that they need to be held more accountable right and that if they just you know had different macros a new meal plan different style of training they'd be better that's not true if that were the case, then no one would be struggling with that, right? Yeah, head and yeah, heart. Exactly. Head and heart. And the diet and exercise doesn't address that. Yes, it's important to follow a reverse diet. Yes, it's important to have a prep plan. Yes, it's important to have programs in place and follow them. But if you think that's going to solve your relationship with food, you are sadly mistaken. And I am here to help you. And that is exactly what I do now. It's like no, there's not there's no one with a system. right? So I developed a system to cure a problem. And that system is peace through growth, right? Mm -hmm. So now that I have a process, that is something that sets me apart in the industry. And that makes me feel really good about the work I'm doing. Because Because you're creating massive value in a very clear area, but keep going. It goes back, I was just gonna say, it goes back to what you were saying about how 
it's about going against the grain, not looking at how is this person going to think of me? What's the, what are other people doing? What are other coaches saying? How are other athletes acting? It was what's missing. What do I do? What do I feel inspired to do? And is there a need for it? What's the white space? Where can I create and carve my own lane? And then all of a sudden everyone's like, your people, because it's your people are like, wait a minute. This person's doing exactly what I need. And I totally relate to her or him because she's speaking in my voice. She's speaking to me. She's been me. Yep. And you create white space and it creates so, and that's where it gets easy because when you develop the clarity and you start moving in your lane, that's what you're, we're talking about creating your own lane. You're cruising. There's no one else on the highway. Nope. And now it's so much easier because I know exactly who I'm speaking with and who I'm speaking to, and who I'm serving. And I've attracted people outside of the niche because I've gotten more clear in my messaging. That's just how it is. And I think that when you're so committed to a vision, regardless of what that is, it's going to get easier because you're going to see the path of least resistance because that's the only path there is when you're super, super aligned to it or you're super committed to that vision. For me, it's like, because it happened naturally, that was easy. I didn't have much thinking left to do, right? So I think if we let more flow happen in our lives, that's going to be a lot better. And some people might be listening going, well, I don't know who I want to serve. Neither did I. Just create something you want to create and let things flow and see what you learn along the way. I love how you tied the two together, right? Because part of it is determining, like I talk about strategy, structure, systems, right? But that comes with action, You don't just all, again, it doesn't come like a clear blueprint for the way that you're going to share, what you're going to share, how you're going to share it, who you're speaking to, what systems you're going to use, how you're going to set it up. Like that doesn't come in a like, oh, blueprint. It comes with (laughs) step one, two, three, action one, two, three, and then back and forth. Same thing. I talk about foundation. You've got to get clear on your foundation. What's your first like What's your initial purpose? What's your initial direction of where you're headed? Then you start getting clear on refinement, then stability, then growth. And I love so much of what you said and relate to it because first, you know, I started like I left corporate in 2011 and I started my own consulting company. What I knew at the time was I want time freedom. I know I don't want to be around, you know, have anyone else controlling my time anymore. Then it was, I already had a consulting company on the side. I've always been side hustle queen, like no matter what, which also showed me I had a lot of fears about stepping fully out on my own. And at that Mm -hmm. point, several things happened that aligned that I was like, I'm done. Like, and this was actually two years before Janelle passed away. That again, it was trigger points that I was like, I'm done. I don't know how this is going to look. This is scary as hell. I'm done. I, you know, had three things aligned. Then I started getting clearer on my health because I created more time. Fast forward mm. to 2013 was when Herbalife found me. And then I saw, and then fast forward to competing in my first show, you know, again, a childhood dream. Then my business started blowing up organically on Facebook where, you know, organically sharing my before and yep. after, sharing my thoughts. People that knew me were like, I don't care what the hell you're doing. I want it because clearly it's working. Um, and consistency, but then I realized exactly what you're talking about, the pivotal moments and the action and the flow. I said, wait a minute, 
I love how some people are choosing to do Herbalife or any nutritional company or any nutrition online program, like what you were doing or what you're doing, what Ingrid and Joe are doing. But I was like, how am I different? I had all these experiences with money and business that are not wasted. So wait a minute. What would have helped me 10 years ago if I could have gone to a platform that had health, money, and business all in one? With the tips, with the tools, with the tech. Because exactly your point, I made up my mind, Celeste. I was like, I don't give a damn what it takes. I don't care what time. I don't care what money. I'm going to go to this coach here. I'm going to go to a Shailene Johnson. I'm going to go to a Brendan Bruchard because they have pieces of what I want, but they don't have all of it. Yep. And then along that way, I said, well, wait a minute. I don't like doing, you know, and then it was like, you know, the process of the integration, the online programs, just like, you know, it's like figuring all that out. And then I said, wait a minute, what do I love to do? Like same thing you talked about. I'm like, I love personal development. I love to connect with amazing humans. Let me just create a podcast. Yep. Let me think of the themes. Let me make it super flowy because I'm so multi-passionate and I want to do more of what I love. So let me create these themes and then like whatever will fit into it. And then I realized, wait a minute, I can use that as another arm for connecting with more people, more bloggers, more influencers. And same thing. Initially, I was like, okay, our target is 32 to 45 women, 32 to 45 years of age women that want all in one health, wealth, and biz. But then that got clear. I said, no, the women that want tips, tools, and tech that want hands-on. Then I said, wait a minute. But so many bloggers and influencers are like, I used to be side hustle queens, but have no idea how to make money and build a brand and to stabilize income. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. And then I started thinking, like, you ask what you like, you ask what you don't like, what's true to you, what's not true to you, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And I said, wait a minute, I don't like these launches where people, like, force you into a deadline to buy a product. I'm like, if I want to buy a product, I'm going to go buy it. I'm going to find it today, and I'm going to go buy it. And I said, that's who I want to work with, the people that are decisive, that want to take action. So I said, and I said, I don't like these deadline emails unless it's an event. And I said, you know, because that makes sense because it's an event. And I said, so wait a minute, influencer marketing, social media marketing. What if we created an arm of press with people in the experiences that basically are just creating word of mouth PR for us and for themselves because they're transforming in the process. So they're inspiring their community. So like, yep, exactly. So exactly your Ex- point, like the white space. Yes, and I love how you also display this level of natural progression again. And I was thinking as you were talking, I was like, the best ideas don't come when we sit down and brainstorm. They come usually before or after the brainstorming session. We're walking around. We're having fun. We're living our life. We're talking to our friends. We're doing a podcast interview. Like I'm writing down content ideas that things I've said. I'm like, oh shoot, I gotta write that down, make a post on that. After, you know what I mean? Always after every podcast, I have like a huge download session. Keep going. Yeah, but it's like that's where the ideas come. That's where natural flows. And flow is called flow for a reason. You don't throw a rock in a river and then all of a sudden the water just flows through it, right? So we have to take the rock out. So we have to take ourselves 
out of the things that are keeping us stuck, out of the things that keep us out of flow. And that's what people are most afraid to do. I'm afraid to spend time with myself. I'm afraid to go out and just do what I want to do, spend a whole day away from work, take a day off or um, close my computer for a day, Shut step away from my off. business or social media. Shut the music yep. off. Exactly. And that's what's actually, when we're just in our zone, like for me, running on the treadmill, I was like, wait a sec. <laughs> And that's when it hit me. And when I came up with build more than just a body, it hit me. I don't even remember how it hit me. The phrase, it it just hit me. Believe your way to badass. It just hit me. Like everything I've ever done. Yeah. Fit life creation. I, I had an intention that I wanted it to be about the connection to the heart and the mind and to people. And it hit me. F, follow love and all we do. I impact people. T, transform the mind. But I've always been big on like how you're doing the same thing. Catchy slogans, catchy names, like intention behind everything that you do because that attracts the people that you want. Because it can be one thing, like for example, you work with competitors, right? And you're helping them off the rebound rate currently. And who knows how, you know, everything's going to continue to evolve for you. But it's, I'm sure you have an intention that you want to work with competitors that are grateful, that are open, that are coachable, not someone that's going to be mean to you, disrespectful and rude because that's a whole different, different ball game. And it's being clear on who and what you deserve. Yep, exactly. So, so really it just comes down to, I mean, I guess I feel like we've covered so much too, but I feel like some of the main points that I hope people take away from our conversation is the awareness, the alignment, and the flow, right? Letting the things that you want or want to experience come naturally and forgetting that how. Because the more we focus on that how, the more we focus on, well, how is this going to happen? How am I going to create this? How am I going to come up with an idea? Step away. Step away and identify areas of your life that need to improve. That's going to allow for other things to come in. You're going to create space in your life for ideas, for people, for things. That's where real transformation happens. It doesn't happen, like you said, with a blueprint. There's always a process. There's always something you can follow. It's important to hire mentors and coaches, but make sure that they're delivering what you really want. And I think those are some of the some of the best takeaways, yes. at least I got. Absolutely. And the last thing I want to add to that is don't be afraid when you're carving out your own new white space that there is no mentor for that particular area. Don't be afraid yeah. to step away and fly on your own because you talked about this earlier. There was times, you know, where I had two, one, two, three, four mentors. And then there was times where I drew a line in the sand. I said, wait a minute. No one's created an all-in-one marketing, you know, influencer platform that includes the influencers in the experience. So I need this time to focus on how to create it, to take the action, then to step it without having this person in my ear that's focusing on Facebook advertising because that's not an alignment. And there's nothing wrong with them. Still love them. They still have great value. And I listen to them for other things. But you're not doing this in the way that's true to me. So not being right. afraid to fly and take that leap of faith and those leaps of faith on your own because you're you. There's only one you. There's only one Celeste or whoever's listening. Yep. And that's why all of us have the opportunity to achieve greatness and fulfill our purpose. Even if you think your purpose is so close or the offers you have are close to what other people do or have, it, it's still you. It's still yours. What sets you apart? And it, it's important in business. The strategy, you got to set yourself apart. 
you have to have something different. You know, you have to have that special sauce. So don't deny that that's important and don't go copying everyone and taking it for your own work. But if you want to sell someone on how to make more money, someone else, there's like millions of other people doing it. You have to know what sets you apart. Why would they invest in you? Maybe it really comes down to your values, why it's important to make money, why you think selling a program like that is important. Why does it matter to you? How did it help you? You know, there's so much that goes into business that I feel like we could talk all day about it. But (laughs) I think at the end of the day, it's like you, you just have to know that there's something that sets you apart and you can achieve what you want. And it doesn't have to be in business. It can be in life and it can be in relationships. Absolutely. And along those lines, Celeste, and tying this back to your version of success, and we've talked about this a lot, like you can have it all. What for you is having it all? When I'm, I feel like having it all is having a relationship with myself and my body and the things that I'm doing, the actions I'm taking that actually makes me feel really, really good makes me feel great as a person that would fit into my definition of success and having it all. And then another piece of that is some of my business values, which are really my life values and success values. I should say it's having fun. I'm having fun along the way, right? Doing what I really love that I'm good. I'm successful. If I am creating freedom in my life on a personal and financial and um, even locational level, not where I, I definitely want to have a house. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to be flying by the seat of my pants. You know, I'm not a nomad. I'm not, um, but I want to be able to travel the world. Right. And then global impact that would help me to know that I've been very successful or that I am being successful. If I'm reaching people on a global scale, which any of us can do at this day and age. So that's pretty much a done deal. And then Going back to serving in a way that allows me to value my own time and self. So I never want the success that I'm achieving to get in the way of my own needs and my own personal fulfillment. So I consider success being personal fulfillment on all those different levels, right? The physical level, the mental level, the purpose level, and then of course within relationships, you know, knowing that I'm able to provide for the people around me, the people I love, give back, you know, make a difference in more ways than one. Use my money for great things. Use my purpose for things that, you know, I don't have any expectation of anything in return. I can just show up and give. Success is a lot. It's very multifaceted. But if I feel fulfilled, I know that I'm there. I love and that means I can be successful at any level, right? I love it. Thank you for sharing. Uh, <laughs> of course. Tell them, I know we've gone quite a bit over on time, which I've loved because our conversation has <laughs> flowed. Like, I think you're the longest podcast episode ever, but I'm not complaining. Oh, God. It's, it's I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not either. I, after our first chat, I'm not either. And the book. Um, speaking of which, anything else you want to share? Where can they find you? Any freebies, any events coming up? So they can connect with me on Instagram, celestial underscore fit. And then my website's www.celestial.fit. Keep it real simple. (laughs) Um, And then freebies. I do have some freebies. Um, People can reach out to me for them. Um, I have a killer confidence course. And then I also have one specifically built for competitors. It's a seven-day coaching series, really about making peace with food, your body, and your goals. 
Um, and then I'm actually creating a new freebie. So people just have to follow me and uh, stay in the loop on that. It's going to be a really cool one. And in terms of events, I'm hoping to host one for bikini competitors to do a mastermind at the end of the year. So as long as they're following me on Instagram, they're going to be kept in the loop. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Thank you so, so much for being here. Uh, stay tuned. Thank after you for pause. having me. Absolutely. Because I want to ask you something. Um, okay. Thank you so, so much. I'm sure like everyone that listened in got a ton because I know I did. And Yay. super grateful for you. Super grateful for Team Edge and Ingrid and Joe because without them, like we would not have connected and definitely connected with you like right away on so many levels. And I loved me one too. of your testimonials that was in the book. It was from a, oh, it was from a black belt. I can't remember his name, but he coined you as a highly evolved soul. And I totally resonate and relate. Oh, that was Krista Palma, I think. <laughs> He's the, he was my sensei and I, I got my blue belt because of him. Oh, that's that. amazing. Thank you again, Celeste, for being here. Thank you for tuning oh, in you. with me on It's a Fit Life Creation Podcast. If you haven't already, head on over to our fitlifecreation.com website, follow us on all our social channels, and explore our freebies library. You'll find freebies on health, freebies on wealth, freebies on biz, and all in one. Explore at our experiences, events, influencers. We help the community and influencers get healthy, make money, and build brands. To create a life and a business you love.